Hey, 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 my blada bros, what is going on? Yeehaw! Hello, hello. <laughs> oh, I love the excitement. I love the excitement. And, and I'm excited, too, and I'm sure for, for you guys, like me, that excitement comes um, from the news we got from the Beatles world this week. Um, Becker, I know you were probably happy. That has nothing to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe or Lin-Manuel Miranda, Ooh, but it better. is something about which I'm equally passionate. Sequels! Ooh. Ah, love them. You guys like sequels? I I effing love them. You guys know how much I love sequels. The second film in the series. Empire Strikes Back. Great sequel. Weapon 2. Yeah, T2. Yeah, Um, that's a good one. Weekend at Bernie's 2. Great movie. (laughs) I don't know. Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. I mean, I can't get enough of films to answer questions I never had from the first installment, Uh, which is why I was so excited this week. I'm sure like you guys were to hear that Giles Martin announced Love 2. Really? A second installment to the Beatles Cirque du Soleil series. I'm interested Um, in that. Love you, And you know, and and here's the (laughs) thing, guys. You know it's cool because it spells 2-T-O-O. Oh, so you're yeah. left wondering, like, oh, do they mean part two? Or is it like love also? also? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you guys get it. It's very clever. Oh, man. Um, anyway, the new soundtrack, um, it, it's starting to leak. And I'm pretty stoked about these tier two mashups. You guys know I love a mashup also. So there's like two of my greatest love sequels mashups. Here we go. Uh, if, have you guys heard about what they're planning here do you guys see no. the press release no you, clue. you catch the youtube you go to the twitters you you, None you, of that. you you tick it you talk it no um so here's the crazy part having felt like they mined all the beatles proper work in love one which is what we're calling it now they're moving into the solo work for love two Ooh, makes and sense. so now they're answering questions we've all had like what would have happened if songs from classics like Paul McCartney's Pipes of Peace, were recorded at the same time as Ringo the Fourth. I mean, it's a mind-blowing proposition. And so I've heard a few of these title drops. I'm excited. So um, again, they're, they're, they're going to pair like a, a, a McCartney song with a Lennon song or a Harrison song with a, 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 you know, a Ringo song, whatever it is. So here's some of the titles, guys. Get ready. I'm ready. Ram. Oh, no. <laughs> Sounds pretty good, right? Uh-huh. Um, Back off, Bugalono is another one we've got. Uh, thanks for the pepperono. <laughs> That's. Awesome. I get. I guess it turns out John wrote a lot of solo songs about. Yoko, that's that's good. That's exciting. I'm, I've never, I'm ready for never this. Never caught that. Yeah, that really yeah. likes that. <laughs> Let's go. Love too. Thanks for the pepperono. Yeah, send us some tickets. Pepperono. <laughs> My Blotto Scruffs, as always, thanks for tuning in. Having been some hours of preparation for tonight's episodes, I think we can say that a splendid time is guaranteed for us, at least, uh, and hopefully for each one of you, wherever you are listening. 
Welcome back to Blotto Beatles, celebrated the world over as the leading Mullard masters of Beatles broadcasting. I'm Becker, and this is episode 39. If you are in the spot to do so, I recommend you crack open a beverage of preference and drink along as we take you into tonight's track. As a reminder, we are the podcast where a couple of friends have a couple of drinks and come together to discuss and rank a single Beatles song. That voice you heard at the top of the show, he's one of my best buds, and uh, I bet after hanging out with us for the last couple of episodes, you wish he was yours. It's Tommy. Hello, my friends. It is wonderful to be back with you. Good evening. Hey, bud. Hey, bud. And, you know, lastest but certainly not leastest, he's a Julian Martin in the streets, but a Sean Lennon in the sheets. It's George Martin of New England. New England. Executive producer, Scotty C. What's up, buddy? Oh, man. Who am I in the sheets at this point? Uh, you're Sean you were Sean. Yeah, but I've been a couple of these. <laughs> you were Giles. In Not that you're Giles recycling Lennon. some of this stuff, dude. But <laughs> <laughs> when I say you're a Sean Lennon in the sheets, I just mean that occasionally you invite Les Clay- Claypool to hang out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, I love the Lennon Claypool delirium. Oh, man. I saw them live, too. Amazing. I did listen recently to that Sean Lennon song, Parachute. Do you guys remember this tune? It's, that's a Coldplay it, song. No, it's not. <laughs> I, oh, jeez, am I gonna be? Uh, am I gonna be put up? Um, it, it's like very. Um, it's it's definitely got some feels that we would like from different people. Obviously, some John stuff, but big Elliot Smith vibes in that tune. I don't know really? if. Ooh. Yeah, let me get, let me give you a taste just for a second. Whoa, you've got this well, on standby. Just a stage. Let's put on the best show and let everyone know. So anyway, I love that huh. tune. I think it's really great. It came in my wheelhouse again recently, and I I think Sean's got some stuff to offer us. Oh, Actually, I actually thought that sounded really That's like across dude. the university, like at the beginning mm. of that. Like, or the uh, beginning was a little Julia or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Julia. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Anyways, that crazy that you had that on standby. We have not talked about. It. You didn't know that Sean Lennon was coming up. I didn't know he was coming up. I and that's quick, spot, quick Spotify a, search. That's These what a pro- professional is. Don't overexplain yourself. You pros. know, you're, you're good. We're you're pros. good. You're just We're a professional. Pros. You know, so and a boys, scholar. and a, and a, a professional and a scholar. You know, <laughs> boys. We were supposed to record and we had to delay this episode, but um, it's now the new year. It's 2022. Yes. You guys big on um, res- resolving or uh, resolutions? I. I go back and forth on that. I <clears throat> there are some years I'm like very firm on resolutions, and then some years I'm like, why am I just going to mark an arbitrary date to like make a good change in my life? Yeah. Um, and I I didn't do any big resolutions this year because I think we're all kind of back in the middle of some garbage, is what it feels like. And there's a little bit of keep your head about above water survival instinct going on that I want to. I want to embrace the idea that I and and we and people around us can just keep putting one foot in front of the other right now. Like, why do I need to mark some giant change in my life when there's all this other stuff going on and I should just be celebrating the fact that we're getting up and going to work. I got my family. I got my friends. I want to embrace those very good things in my life right now. I mean, that's a resolution in its own right, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You're right about that. Yeah, yeah, you're so I, that's great. It's a that's that's the best sentiment I could kick the year off with. Yeah. Scotty, see, you make any resolutions? Or are you just I'm, you're living the straight and narrow day to day? 
You're like, yeah, oh, maybe I'll try try a couple new nuts this year. Yeah, <laughs> I think I hit them all already. But got some new nuts in the mix. Yeah, but you know what? Um, I also like Tommy said, kind of at the start of his little spiel there. Um, I'm like the kind of person that's like, you you know, why do you have to buy something on a birthday? Why can't you just buy it any day? Yeah. You know, why do you have to celebrate these specific dates as some sort of reason to do something that you should be doing normally? You know what yeah. I mean? Sure. Like if, you know, you should be caring for yourself and caring for your loved ones on every day and not just on the day that they were born or the day that's the new year or the day of whatever stupid shit that, you know, people tell you you should do. Yeah, I think that's generally... I think that's generally where I land with it. Like I try not to make any big proclamations that are then going to sort of let me down um, later. You know, that's something you're going to beat yourself up about. And then also echoing Tommy's thoughts, like it's a weird time to, to beat yourself up. Yeah. But then all things said, I don't want to live like this for years and years and just continue to put on like, uh, you know, heavy drinking and some LBs and pounds. Well, you know, come yeah. on. <laughs> it's a tough time to take care I of I know I should lose weight. I know I should stop drinking so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'll do, do it New March Year's? first. New Year's makes me feel so guilty. Yeah. <laughs> someone had posted, and this has been out there in the world for a while, but someone posted uh, that I saw on Twitter again is uh, Woody Guthrie did his resolutions in like uh, 1943. He wrote a list of like 33 oh, wow. things, and they're very... wow. They're actually all good things to live by to this day. And I'm not going to read them all off here, but like some of them are like wash teeth, if any, uh, drink very scant, if any, uh, dream good is one of them. Okay. Help yeah. win war, beat fascism, uh, change yeah. socks, which I think is something we could all, we could all, you know, work on there. So, uh, um, you know, the proclamations he made in 1943, I think, I, <laughs> I think, uh, Hold is yeah. true, uh, true today, attainable. But, uh, you know, don't uh, <laughs> don't get lonesome. You know, I mean that's 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 cool. a harder one than it sounds like. I think you know, you read know. lots of good books. I mean, how many yeah. books did you read this year? I did not read enough books this year. I don't even yeah. want to say yeah. how many I read, but I did not read enough. I'll tell you that much. I read There's some books, but not enough. How many episodes were on? Huh? That's yeah. <laughs> I did not read. I did not read forty books this year. <laughs> <laughs> If we're going to uh, showcase showdown rules, uh, it's uh, <laughs> closest without going over. 40 is the safe one. Um, yeah, well, I'm happy to be with you guys again. I think this the the podcast enters a third year now. It's not three oh years goodness. of us doing this, right? But it enters the third year of going into 2022. And next episode is 40. And I feel like we've kind of stopped celebrating like mini milestones. But every time we do hit sort of a a 10, a round 10 yeah. episode. I always feel a little thing. I'm like, all right, that's, you know, when you think about the effort and the planning and the editing and everything that goes into it, you're like, all right, when you measure that in the tens of episodes, you know, I'm like, that's, that's some real work. Right. You know? Totally. It's exciting. Yeah. And, you know, we're approaching almost a quarter of the way through their material. Yeah, we're like, about to really, be 25% I mean, of the way yeah. done with this thing. Whew. Wild. Jeez. Tell me what the percentages over here. <laughs> <laughs> A quarter kind of is a, 25? I didn't know. Kind of a math whiz. <laughs> no big deal. Well, boys, unfortunately, on the back of this uh, excitement, I do have to say that we uh, we apparently owe all of Blotterdom. Oh, oh, my boy. goodness. I saw this. I heard about it. Everyone's talking. There's a lot. 
There's an, an apology, apology coming. Due. We're so sorry, Uncle Albert. All apologies. We're so sorry, Uncle Albert. Becker, tell the people what they need to hear. So um, last week I got, um, we got a text on the drunk dial line, which we encourage all of you to call in with any gripes or thoughts or certainly any any corrections that you have. And a very, very astute listener from Northern Maine told us that way back, episode 25, which was, um, I had to look it up. She's leaving home with a good friend, uh, Colin. Oh, she's leaving oh, home. Oh, boy, bro. yeah. At the one hour... 23 minute 44 second mark which is our scotty c scotty c missed which actually is a very long point into an episode scotty c missed a magical mystery word and so what was the word do we know what the word was on she's leaving homebrew you remember it was run for runaway oh runaway so to start off this week's episode we owe blotted him a shot and we're all taking it scotty can you do me a favor Hit yeah. the magical mystery word button for me right now. Drink it up. Yeah, there we go. It's the magical mystery word. Drink up. <laughs> and here's the thing. <clears throat> that's going down harder than I expected, but yeah. that <laughs> that's only going to help this episode. I'll tell you that right now. So uh, I unfortunately did not get this listener's name, but thank you for listening. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If, you. if you get this far. Thank you. Maybe you, you gave up us a, after uh, after this lack of professionalism. Maybe Ooh. you gave up us, us at, at episode twenty five. But if you make it here to episode thirty nine, please drop us a text on the same line. Um, maybe send us. Your, I think that your, does. You know what I think that deserves? Koozie. Yeah, exactly. I think that deserves a koozie. Yeah. A couple of stickers, some koozie. Drop us your name. Drop us your uh, your shipping address. And I'd love to get that out your way. Uh, we've got we've got some stuff, you know. And also, if anyone else is interested in some some blotto. Blotto merch. Drop us a text. I would love to just love to get some koozies out there. We've got some stickers. Yeah. We've got magnets. Speaking of koozies, guys, I didn't bring this up in our, our pre-show chatter and banter. Um, friend of the show, uh, Travis Shettle, uh, on an episode of Blotto Beatles recently, the band Piebald that he's in is doing these uh, release videos, uh, little trivia contests. You can get some rare vinyl from Piebald, cool things, whatever going on. First one came out, I think, just yesterday, maybe day before. Guess what uh, Travis is having his beer? Guess, guess what's keeping his beer cold? We're keeping Travis's say. beer cold? A Blotto yes, Beatles the Blotto Beatles koozie oh is God. featured prominently in this first I love seeing it in video. action. I love seeing yeah, it in action. It's nice. Yeah. nice. That's Thank awesome. you, Trav. Um, I mean, now that we've teased the magical mystery word, should we just tell the people what it's all about? I think we should. I think, Scotty, if you don't mind, there, there's a word tonight we're going to say, hopefully, that if we say it, we're all going to have to take a drink. We don't, Becker and I don't know what this word is. And much like the old game show password, I'm hoping that you can whisper tonight's magical mystery word to the people. Circus. Harumba bum bum, guys. So that was uh, the magical mystery word. And now I think it's time maybe to talk about, hey, what you're drinking, Becker. <laughs> What you drinking tonight? 
So tonight, I bought this bottle of tequila when I thought we were supposed to record last week. While I was full on vacation, so I really like was like, "All right, I'm gonna get get into it." This is a track I'm pretty excited about, and and not to say I'm not getting into it and excited about it, but it was a, I was in vacation mindset last week. But I got <laughs> vacation. This Becker is a cool dude. I like yeah, yeah, that he's guy. Mostly like drinking, level. you know, like yeah, yeah. I'm always just uh... <laughs> yeah, like it's like Obama on vacation. You are absolutely right, Scotty. Like I'm he's got three buttons enjoying... undone. Enjoying cheeseburgers in paradise, and I am drinking pina coladas, and my flip flops are always uh, blowing out. Um, yeah, you but... pop a flop, <laughs> real quick. I don't know you why I keep buying it from the from the you same. Popped place. a ton of flops. <laughs> Never seen. Don't someone pretend pop so many you don't flops. like Jimmy Buffett, Scotty. All right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, Scotty anyways, like, I am drinking this to the left. <laughs> Uh, I'm drinking tequila tonight, and I'm drinking this La Gritona tequila, Ooh. which a friend of ours, Alec, had turned me on to this a couple of years ago. Um, there's something in this Reposado that tastes like nothing I've ever had in a tequila before. It comes in a really cool bottle. It yeah, tastes it like, like semi-medicinal. Yeah, yeah. It comes in this like oversized I'm looking flask. at the bottle. It has a cool like flip top, almost a like little a pop top. Grolsch beers used to have. Oh, yeah. Um on on the on the bottle. Um but anyway, it 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 tastes like a tequila like I've I've never had before and I enjoy just just sipping on the rocks. It's it's almost it's a little vanilla y but almost more like a like vegetable y or something. Like you almost taste hmm. like agave in it or something. So anyways, uh I'm into that this evening. That's been my shot and that's my sipping drink. Um, but then a bunch of people n- know me really well and they, they got me some beers for Christmas. So I wanted to rep those. My dad came up from from North Carolina. He brought me a bunch of uh, Asheville brews, and then my uh, my mom's husband he got me a bunch of beers from the Von Trapp Brewery up in uh, in yeah. Stowe, Vermont. And I've so, um, very nice. I'm getting into those tonight. Uh, people uh, people knew me well around the holidays, and and I wanted to rep that on the show. Got to see. I love you that. drinking. Hell's yeah. Um, I start. I started with uh, some red wine, some leftovers like a third of a bottle left type thing. This Chianti that I like from Italy, which I also like, although I've never been there, but, you know. Oh, Scott, we got to get you to Italy. I we know. Should do an episode. We should do an episode there. I'd love to. My family, Can the Scruffs, you know. like, can we do a little, like, um, quick fundraising activity yeah, to get the Scruffs yeah. to pay, <laughs> to pay, pay to get Scotty to Italy? Like, yeah, I'm not getting I would even without like, you. I would, I would love to go the three of us to Italy, but like, even if it was oh, Scotty... Oh, I see what's happening now. Even, <laughs> even if he was like just live live on the scene from Italy during an episode... Like super like, tan I'm and in, happy and shit? Yeah, I'm like, in the Leaning Tower of Pizza, uh, yeah, this, where I just imagine they serve lots of pizza, right? That's what happened, sir? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. That's why I understand. Yeah, I would love you calling it. Yeah, yeah. you're on a, a gondola ride. You're, um, you know. Anyways, um, yeah. So I, I had that to start, but we we chatted on the line for a bit. I love this Chianti. It's uh. Well, first of all, let's let's clarify for the listeners. You said a third of a bottle, but you are also holding up a oversized bottle of wine. <laughs> no, my hands are small. <laughs> 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 the listeners at home are thinking of a normal sized bottle of wine. No, Scotty C right a, now is holding it's up a one point seven a jug of wine and saying, "Oh, yeah, there was only is, a, a third in here, which is, is at that least the, a bottle." Yeah. Is that the little penguin? <laughs> no, this is Chianti. This is Giulio Dracali. 
Hey, before you go to Italy, work on that. Yeah, <laughs> so get I do get at us, Julio Stracale at Bottle Beatles. <laughs> I love this one. Wine. This is one of my favorite. Like, if I want to pay like um more than like if I want to pay double digit numbers for a wine, this is the one I'm going for. You know, I don't usually do that. I usually buy four or five dollar bottles of wine. This one <laughs> is like eleven ninety nine or something for and, a triple bottle. Wine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and. <laughs> You know what though? Every time I I I bring it somewhere or whatever, I get Good compliments. Stuff. You know, all right. Uh, oh, Chianti. I like this. Oh, I like this. Oh, like Chianti. Oh, Some fava beans and nice Chianti. Um, I don't mean to. Bl- <laughs> I don't mean to blend it too much. But from my shot, I also have a, a a tequila. Mine's Blanco, and it's from General Diaz. I didn't know like some tequila. Of, it. it looks like some official sort of. Yeah. Um. I think that's an actual signature. Hopefully, they become famous one day. Um, <laughs> and it's a master tequilero. That's a real job. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. <laughs> Why didn't you guys tell me it was tequila night? Uh, I, I just got lucky. Someone bought it for me. But um, Chrissy, shout out. And then I have a Devil's Purse. They hooked us oh up with some goodness. new shit. And this actually, this nitro imperial stout brewed with toasted coconut. Called the Rock yeah. Beauty. You liking it's it? Pretty rocking, man. I'm I'm into this. Yeah, I could drink this. I no thought problem. you'd be a nitro guy. I th- I've always thought you'd be a nitro guy. You yeah. don't love the carbonation, you know. But the nitro is a different, like foamy experience. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's like I like wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so on my end, yeah, yeah. yeah on my end, right, guys, I'm 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 keeping it simple. No, I, I'll do. You don't need to ask me. I'll do it myself. Um. <laughs> I, we knew you would. We knew you. Would. <laughs> I'm keeping it simple tonight. I was gonna make a nice. Thanks cocktail. for tuning in tonight to uh, Tommy and the Blotto Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hit, that hurts a little bit because I feel that way when I listen back. <laughs> stop it! Stop it! Um, stop, stop, stop. So uh, I am just. I was gonna make a nice cocktail tonight. I was running short on time, so I'm just doing some Maker's Mark on the rocks this evening. But can't go, um, can't go wrong. In yeah. the Velcro cooler here. Whoa. Ooh. Sound effect guy. My wife. My wife. Uh, yeah, you got to say it right. I know that my was wife. so 2020. Um, went down to the, the local beer store, and she got me some Little Sips, which we yeah. know from uh, our, our friends at Lawson's that have never written to us. That's in Vermont, <laughs> right? She, uh, Yeah, they are the same people that make the Sip of Sunshine uh, ah. beer. How about the Sips? Um, and then she also got me, she was really interested in this because she knew I was going to be having a beer on the podcast um, from Narragansett Brewery. You guys know the Gansett? You guys right familiar nearby? with it? Yep. Right next door? I'm having, I got some 12 ounce cans here called Music Express that she said, perfect for the pod. Nice. It's an IPA. It's a, like a six percenter. Um, I had one earlier. These guys are not bad. These nice music label? Expre- expresses. Oh, cool yeah, it's label. like very yeah. colorful. A little psychedelic, which works for us tonight yeah, yeah, on this yeah. label. Um, music and then, with a K? friends, uh, the music, is that with a K? No, it's oh. with a C. Oh, it is with a K. It yeah. is with a K. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's the music express. Is that like a Russian thing? I don't know. Think about that. <laughs> um, and, guys, also in the core. You know I have, and I know you have too. You haven't mentioned it. It's the white can. 
the oh, official yeah. beer of Bottle Beetles. It's the Devil's Purse Hamline Kolsch. Oh, my man. Ready and waiting like like an old friend, a warm blanket, a good flannel shirt so that easy. you just want to put on. It's the easiest thing in the world. Ah, oh, love it. So That's comfy. what I'm drinking tonight. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that um, your wife would come back with some really thoughtful beer decisions, though. Mm-hmm. Also, a little, little shout out to that, that she was like, oh, you should be drinking this on this show. You know, she's a thoughtful lady. So that's very nice. Very nice. I just realized this nitro beer is 11% alcohol by volume. <laughs> yes, let's go. What the and f- Devil's Purse just said, you're welcome, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn Manuel Rom- Romando. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What can I say? Lin Manuel Commando is my favorite GI Joe. <laughs> that isn't that a stolen movie? Lin Manuel Commando. <laughs> oh my god, Commando! I love it. What are we here to even talk about? The Beatles, and you know them better than anyone. So why don't you tell us who they are and tell everyone? Do we still have to do this? We're coming up on 40 episodes, and you guys don't know, don't know. what we're talking about. So More episodes um, than the Beatles had age when they <laughs> were true. recording there. That is By true. double, almost, yeah. So, um, Tommy, just checking my facts real quick here. These guys put out sort of like a really epic double album that probably proved a little bit, All like right. a little divisive yep. among the fan base. You got it. You got it. You got it. Oh, All yeah. Right. All right. I've got this. I've got this. Sweet. Finally. Notorious Gord haters... Uh, squash skeptics, the Beatles, <laughs> an iconic alternative quartet birthed out of Chicago. <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> when their contemporaries veered into punk rock, they brought in flavors of prog rock, shoegaze, psychedelic, and dream pop, which set against the fantasy and nightmare visuals of the lyrics, really created I have the sound. No idea where this one's going. Set them apart, you know. <laughs> Now, it seems that still to this day, they sort of carry on as a little bit of a nostalgia act and vanity project, you know, propped up by their leader. Um, I think it was really on the album uh, Mal Evans, Kali, and the Infinite Sadness that they found their footing. Oh, <laughs> and okay. I think, I think okay. George Martin uh, George Martin had introduced this new instrument to, to, to Paul. I think it was called the Billy Corgan. And it was like the first the first time that they had they had played this on any sort of album, you know. So it's just it's just all over that album. But um some of the big songs from this, like uh Siami Mind Dream, uh <laughs> Cherubber Soul, uh nineteen seven Revolution Nine, Hey Bulldog with Butterfly Wings, uh <laughs> Today Tripper, uh Oh Darcy, uh I ha feel fine. <laughs> James Ehoff, you'll find. Maybe that one is uh, <laughs> going to land with a couple of you guys. And then uh, everyone's favorite, uh, Zero Key Raccoon. Is, uh, that was a really big one for some people. How did you not get to Cherub Rocky Raccoon, first of all? <laughs> 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 uh, I don't get it. What are you talking about? <laughs> These that is not the Beatles. I'm not, here, I'm not here to just make jokes for you, Tommy. I'm not here to your not amusement. The that is not yeah. the Beatles. You are talking about Smashing Pumpkins. I want to talk about Smashing Pumpkins, but I first want to talk about, in regards to Smashing Pumpkins, Plato Scruffs. <laughs> talking to direct directly to you right now. If you have not seen the picture of Billy Corgan <laughs> on a roller coaster, you need to Google oh. it right <laughs> now. Like hit oh, pause yeah. on yeah, this yeah. podcast. That's definitely look at the, the image. <laughs> 
of Billy Corrigan on a roller coaster. It will be, I hope to you as it was, one of the greatest gifts I've ever received in my life. And then as soon as you do that, you need to look for Billy Corrigan and his cover of like Cat Fancy magazine. <laughs> and really sort of get a sense of uh, who you're working with here. But uh, I think we'll probably get all that up in the social. I would love to yeah. talk more more pumps with you guys. Um, but we definitely just, uh, we're not getting Billy Corgan on the show. Too. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and this is going to be pretty regional because the Night Shift Brewery has uh, a beer I th- I think would uh, fit well with our, our pumpkins pod. We could call it Tonight Life, Tonight Life. <laughs> As yeah, we're yeah. just, we're diving yeah. deep into D- RC and EHA and Chamberlain and, and, and Corrigan. Um, how do you guys feel about the pumps? You like the pumps? You like I the, the, uh, very specifically kids? like the first couple of pumpkins records. And I still do yeah. to this day, like at the beginning of alternative or whatever you want to call it. The song today came out from Siamese yes. dream and I was still young. And that was just like a super positive to like, I took it as super positive. I think there's some darker elements into yeah. it, but I would, I didn't, I didn't know shit about shit. I was, I was, I was young kid. And just no that internet. like, there was no internet, but Today is the greatest day I've ever known. Like that wasn't really what Pearl Jam was saying. That wasn't really what Nirvana was saying. And so yeah, I was like, you're right. Oh, like I can kind of get into like I was still like an optimistic dude, like the dark side of uh, punk rock and all these things hadn't taken me yet. And I loved that video. And then, of course, uh, Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. I mean, I do think that's that is the alternative sort of um white album you know i don't know that like yeah was... whoa dude yes yes <laughs> and so uh, yeah um, i never thought of that i someone hadn't done a record like that in 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 my lifetime or during this phase of being obsessed with a, a different kind of music and so i felt a real kinship there so um yeah and I they've gone that... like way off track they've done like seven or eight or nine albums that i don't know anything about and and uh, you know, Billy Corgan doesn't seem like a dude I I want to hang with, you know. But um, he made a couple of great records that are still huge in my life, so I give him some props for that. And I think he he's one of these guys that has a vision, right? That like he's saying this is what my band is, and it, yeah, there were all these rumors about like him kind of sidelining Eha during the the. Um, the real peak of the pumpkins at that time that like Corrigan is overdubbing Eha's solos and, and all of this stuff and whatever, like at the end of the day, I think I appreciate the pumpkins more now than probably I did in the nineties. Like I, I loved, um, melancholy and the infinite sadness. I thought yeah, that was yeah. a great record at the time. It meant a lot to me. I played it a lot. Um, but I think I look back now and I'm like, Oh, there's some, just the artistic merit of yeah. what Corrigan is doing. And like, this is a guy like not to go too far here, but McCartney esque a guy with two or three voices in the yeah. way he sings. Like he's got what? quiet really? Billy. He's got screamy Billy. He's got like the in-between Billy that, you know, like <clears throat> he can do a bunch of different things. Like there's a little like Fleetwood Mackey thing going on with Billy Corgan sometimes that, that I don't know what to think about, but um, 
Yeah, I, I think that they're more important than the culture gives them credit for, I think is the, the big thing. And I think the song, the the album Adore, I think it's called, um, or maybe the song was Adore from the... I think that's or the Adore name. from... Is it... Whatever it was, like early 2000s record, um, really surprised me at how good it was. And I think this is like Billy trying to piece back together what the pumpkins can be. I don't even know who's on it. I know Darcy is not. Um, I think that's I think only maybe... the, that's only like the fourth pumpkins record. Like I think that's still in the nineties. But that's a weird thing about history, like li- li- living <laughs> so, life, right? Yeah. Like is like this this yeah, idea like of like this... fifteen fifteen to twenty five. <laughs> The the ages of fifteen to twenty five take forever, and then twenty five plus is like a, the you're on the roadway, Red Rose Speedway. Got to see you. Uh, where do you feel the fall with the pumpkins? I never really got way into the pumpkins. I I I did have the double album, and I liked it. I really liked their drummer Chamberlain. Didn't he pass? No, he's alive. They kicked him out. Oh, they kicked I, him I out. Think I think Jimmy okay. Chamberlain had some drug issues and okay. they um they got rid of him and then got the guy from Filter to play drums for mm-hmm. tours or maybe a record or two. And yeah. then um I think honestly Chamberlain is back with Corrigan is the core of the pumpkins All right. in their most recent incarnations. Wow. So I've I clearly don't know that much, but um Definitely some stuff that I I dig in there and uh the the distorted electric guitar sound. I'm a big fan of the the tone they got out of that sort of stuff and the the contrast with the vocals and the instruments. That's it. You know, like um in the in the super like I felt like especially in the moment and in those nineties albums, the emotion behind it. I, I yeah. did feel like it was for real, you know? It's authentic, for yeah. sure. Yeah, totally. And I think, Scotty, you brought up a great thing there of, like, the distorted guitars with, like, the difference in the singing sometimes of, like, not to say angelic, but, like, there's something, yeah. like, pretty about what Billy Corgan does with his singing against those guitars yeah. at different times. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 I, I almost, I mean... <coughs> And I think of this as a big compliment. I almost think the their guitars are almost a ripoff of like if Sonic Youth could like uh, tune their shit, right? No. Yeah, be more <laughs> like yeah, yeah. If Sonic Youth played in the normal tuning and decide to be more sort of like uh, beautiful and mainstream, like there is something to the sort of the like Billy Corgan is doing noise guitar and music in a way that is. More mainstream in a way than accessible. Than, yeah, yeah, accessible. That's exactly the word that's. I hadn't about. thought of yeah. that Sonic Youth <clears throat> Smashing Pumpkins that's comparison great, before. Yeah. I think that's really accurate. Where like yeah. he is reining it in, but I think you know, I think we're all it. it the Smashing Pumpkins were just a sort of a Billy Corgan project. I mean, I don't want to like that's what it's become. I don't know whose contribution, and like I don't know enough to even speak to everyone's contribution, at, right? At, for the the records I like, but. I think melancholy is very clearly sort of a a a Billy Corgan thing. Like I think he's got. A well, ton then of... Billy ended up doing a lot of like, was it Celebrity Skin where Billy is yeah, co-writing sort of like with Courtney Love a lot, yeah, on that a lot, and he Which took a bunch great of... record too. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that record a lot. Yeah, uh, I love the co-writing was... stuff or like 
collaborations where you're not like yeah. just selling your name on somebody's track, but you're like actually just creating music together and you don't need to Well, be I think with- that's where I have a lot of respect for a person like Taylor Swift right now who is going out and finding like uh, Justin Vernon or uh like Bonnie Bear like, or whatever. Yeah, 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 that that dude like and the, like finding people to be dudes, like sir. Yeah, the Good the stuff. dude from the National, not not the not Aaron or whatever, but the the guitar player from the National, right? Like yeah. she's seeking these people out to be like, I love what you do. Come sit with me in a living room for a day and let's see if we can write a song or two together and what comes out of it. I think that's an awesome thing. Anyways, um, I always like to tie sort of the the artist back a little bit to sort of the Beatles and 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 with the Smashing Pumpkins, it's it's. It's it's a little thinner this time around, but I think it plays back to everything that we were we were talking. Um, but Billy Billy's a big John Lennon guy, which actually surprised me a little bit because with Melancholy and and sort of all of the different song structures and forms and like you said his his voice, I actually thought he would have been a little bit more of a McCartney guy. Like he put out Melancholy, which has such a diverse sound. You know, like a Bullet with Butterfly Wings is on there. Zero, like there was such heavy tunes on there. And then there are some very interesting like asides, like musically, I don't even know what there's some some brokenness in there. Like there's there's a lot on that record that is not that same same vibe. And I, I, think, I figured that to be very McCartney. But he's yeah, a, I, he's don't, a I don't mean guy to interrupt you. Through. I don't mean to interrupt you too much on this, but I think there's something to be said for the fact that people weren't trying to write a John record or a Paul record, but they were trying to write Sergeant Peppers. Yeah. Right. Like, and so he's, he's trying to channel both of those sides in writing a melancholy and be like, I yeah, want this. That's a good point. If you have yeah. to be you know? both, if you have to be the both John and Paul. Yeah, exactly. Of these things. So do you write these two diametrically almost opposing things and, and put them on the same album? That's yeah. That's a good thought. It's, yeah. And still have some baroqueness. <laughs> and you know as I'd say, if it ain't Baroque, <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. I haven't got to say it in a while. <laughs> been a while for the for the new listeners. Yeah, right. If you're coming um, in on episode thirty eight, thirty nine, thirty four, <laughs> I don't know what one we're on. Sorry. But anyway, he's you know, um, he says a lot that he was surprised when Pumpkin sort of hit the scene that everyone was writing about them as being part of grunge. And, They're Minneapolis, and right? Uh, they are Chicago. Oh, Chicago. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, sorry. I think Billy Corgan is from Florida. I think he's a Florida guy, but I think they they were formed in Chicago. All right. Um, he where he like... really thought he he was writing, he thought he was writing like Led Zeppelin and Beatles songs. Like he thought he was really coming from more of a classic rock thing. Like I don't think his background is to be like I'm into punk rock or all these things that that Pearl Jam that Pearl Jam name checks right. Fugazi and you know Nirvana name checks a, a bunch of awesome punk stuff. Uh, he didn't think he was coming from that. And so I think it was interesting that he was almost put into this race with those guys because that's not where he thought he was coming from. Right. You know, yeah, so. that's very interesting. Yeah, that's just time, right? <laughs> like, sure. There's some recent clips of like uh, Corgan covering uh, some some Beatles stuff. He does a, a, a competent nowhere man. It's not going to excite anyone. He does do something on piano. In front of like a meet and greet, it's clearly like a VIP like pre-show meet and greet, and it's it's off the cuff. He's like wearing a hoodie and just like bangs out something on the piano, and it's it's actually pretty good. His voice, like he finds his his voice in it, and I, I, yeah. I liked it. But um, very cool, yeah, yeah. That's who the Beatles are. 
I think you did it. Yeah. Oh, bum bum bum. That's who the Beatles are, my friends. And uh, Scotty, what do you think? Should we talk about this week's Pia? I am. You think it's time? I am ready. I'm ready to do this. All right, let's do it. Um, Tell the people about this peak. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are really improving. Mm. Um, I've been taking Malcolm. Russian lessons, <laughs> which is more than Malkovich ever did. <laughs> Malkovich is going to be a guest on an episode of oh, I, would love, awesome. I would love to have Malkovich. Kidding me? I wonder if he's a Beatles guy. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Wow. He's a George guy. I will. He's a George guy. I, or a Ringo guy. I didn't love SpaceX, but I loved Malkovich on it. That show. It only lasted one season. Or I didn't see SpaceX. Yeah. 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 I, I, he's good. I was surprised that like he was that on it, to be honest. Yeah. He was really good. Anyway. Um, yeah. But, you know, the song we're talking about this week has nothing to do with uh, John Malkovich or what? space, really, <laughs> at all. We're right here on Earth with uh, this classic and amazing uh, John Lennon tune called Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite. And we've we've talked about I'd say I think only two Sgt. Pepper songs, and many people consider Sgt. Right. Pepper to be one of the greatest albums of all time. And this song is on it, and it's actually we've talking about three songs in a row on Sgt. Pepper, I believe. No, what? Fix in a hole. She's leaving home, and Mr. Kite are all. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're all in a row. I it's forgot a, about. I forgot we'd already done. She's leaving home. Yeah, we just talked about that episode. Gr- actually, great tonight, episode. Yeah. I, I love that episode. It was fun. Um, yeah, it really was. Colin is is hilarious, and and I'd love to have him back for sure. Um, he's not here tonight, so it's just going to be the three of us talking about <laughs> this one, and we're experts and scholars and drunks and everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's show them what it's all about um this tune has a vibe to it and yeah. it fits to this album perfectly um from you know the the story goes they were out shooting a movie or something and 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 Lennon hit up a shop and found this poster of a Mr. Kite show and he dug it. So he bought it, brought it home X amount of days, months, whatever later, uh, McCartney comes over, they're working on music and he's like, Oh, I got this tune and they work on this, this song. And, and he, and he, um, he basically just reads the poster (laughs) to, (laughs) to music, um, which is, who said I have this tune? Lennon. All right. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, he said he had this tune. I mean, they got together to work on music, and Lennon's like, I have this yeah, tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I don't know. I mean, who knows where the chords came from and the pr- progressions right, right, and, right. and everything about that. I'd be more than willing to admit that that uh, that Paul put his hand in this, but... um. Certainly not in the lyrics because I don't even think John put anything into the lyrics, but um, <laughs> but I dig it. Like it has a super vibe to it, and I tell you what, George Martin, as much shit you guys want to give him, mostly Becker. Um, I want to talk about this. I mean, this guy made this song. He took Lennon's direction, which is very vague and abstract, and 
found things that worked to satisfy the 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 end product. Yes, um, he did. And not only just musically playing instruments like the harmonium or 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 but also you know the tape loops and the in the merry-go-round sounds and all this weird stuff. Yep. yep. Um when someone says I want it to sound like I'm at, you know, in this in this in this environment like what do you do? You know, like how do you how do you satisfy this creative urge or this this direction they want to go in? And I think that Paul and George Martin knew how to interpret this stuff and that's and that's what's magic, you know? Like that's what yeah. makes the Beatles in many ways is they could say one of them could say to one another this is my vibe. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I feel. And the other, the other components, even if it's George Harrison and, and Ringo can, can interpret it and bring it to the, to the end product that we all love. And this one just, I mean, it's such a vignette sort of stories, sort of yeah. like, um, experience, I think is a good word for it. And, it wouldn't work in so many other environments on a record, but Sergeant Pepper is so unique and so different mm-hmm. that it it works fantastically. If that is the word, I'm not sure. But um, yep, on this podcast, Mr. K, Mr. Kite, all this stuff you can visualize it, you can picture it, you can feel like you're in that moment, you're in this place, and I, I'm so into it, and. Paul's bass line is awesome. Killer. Yeah. So I want to listen to that. I would love to listen to it. And this I, one. I believe yeah. you two you two would like to do this as well. Yeah. And I and would encourage well, anyone at home that um before you listen much further, maybe you hit pause here and you go over to your um preferred streaming platform of choice. Maybe if you have this on vinyl, you dig it out and, and you give it a quick listen. And then uh, come on back here because we're uh, we're gonna get into it. In this way, Mr. K will challenge the world. The celebrated Mr. K performs his feet on Saturday at Bishop's Gate. The Hendersons will dance and sing as Mr. Kite flies through the ring. Don't be late. Let us gay a nature sure the public their production will be second to none. And of course, Henry the Horse dances the wall. That took me somewhere, yeah. I am always excited to listen to that song, and I'm always excited to listen to Sgt. Peppers. And, and I think before we dive into this, I, I wrote a note here, and I was curious about you guys. Just We haven't talked about Sgt. Peppers in a little bit now. I think it's been since yep. episode 25. and. There's a couple of things that, that just struck me about thinking about this song and then thinking about Sgt. Pepper's before we go into it is I never listened to Sgt. Pepper's for an individual song. When I want right. to listen to Sgt. Pepper's, I listen to it as an album. And then I, you know, clearly when we're doing an episode, I, I, I put this track on repeat and I focus on it. But in my personal life, I think of Sgt. Pepper's as an album and everything contributes to that sound. And then I a little bit, when we do these these 
episodes, I feel like I need to unpack a little bit more about like, how do I individually feel about this moment? Because I love, I think of Sergeant Peppers as sort of like one That's big, great rave, one big rave up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are ones that poke out on Sergeant Peppers as like hits for each of us, like the, the ones you want to pay more attention to. Or even just a chorus or, or a moment. Yeah. 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 Well, but I it think, is, it, and for it's tonight, an experience. Like, this sets a big stage that you think exists across Sergeant Peppers, but doesn't necessarily exist across it. And so, no, like it this doesn't. for this track, it it screams Sergeant Peppers to me, but it's it's two two fifteen two thirty or something. Of why do you say and, that? Why does it scream Sergeant Peppers to you? Um, I think because of what when I first heard Sergeant Peppers as as a younger person, like what I latched onto was probably some of the sounds that I hear. In this, the sort of circusy vibe. Dirty. No apologies here. No apologies here. Circus. Circus. That's dangerous. I thought it was going to be Calliope. <laughs> Too many syllables. <laughs> and I say Calliope every other second. Oh <laughs> my god. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is gonna get. Yes. Us. We're off the rails. <laughs> so yeah, Cheers, I, I, did episode. you already do yours? I think I'd, I'd rank it. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that was my quick thought about Sergeant Peppers. It's just that I think about it as the whole, and then I think when you really want to be like, oh, Sergeant Peppers is so psychedelic in these things. It's it's this sound a little bit that really peeks out to me and. My argument, right. my argument that I'm not going to really make to the end about why this is is top ten for our list, ties into that oh a my little god. Bit, but um, wait, stop <laughs> your shit right there. <laughs> like, anyways, we can talk about it when you know when we come down to rank it. But um, yeah, I was just thinking about Sergeant Peppers as a whole because we were supposed to do this um, a week ago, so I've kind of been sitting with the song even a little bit more than usual yeah. for our episodes. And then the other thing that stuck out for me for Sergeant Peppers that maybe. Maybe we haven't come up, but I'm sure it's been discussed about. Is it's the only Beatles album I think that has all the lyrics printed on the back cover. Oh wow! And well, like, that uh, was a new thing at the time, I think. Yeah, but they, I think, were but they don't the do it. Do they it. don't do it again, which I think is interesting. You know, That's like, true. Like, are we meant to really be paying attention to these lyrics, or you know, um, <laughs> this is where we get into John. <laughs> I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is where we get into John, like in the very moment, versus a couple years later. Yeah, be, like a, a few years later, he's like, "That song is garbage. That means nothing. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's me reading off a poster." Yeah. Versus nineteen eighty, months before he dies, like maybe days before he dies, in a Playboy article, being like, "You know what? That song is a watercolor painting." It is. You were yeah, reading yeah, yeah. Playboy, and you were reading Playboy in 1980. Well, I was very young. <laughs> I was very young, but mature. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he says that he to yeah, whom, yeah. whom that that Playboy interview is a, a big London, like end yeah. of life, totally yeah. interview. And at at that point, he's like, you know, at the end of the day, that thing is. It's kind of like he doesn't say this, but. What I pull from it is, he's like, it is straight muse. Like, in the moment, I I saw that poster, I, I I made a song of it, 
that's what it is. I fucking like, love that. It's a piece of art. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Personally. Like I joked about the lyrics and I and I I, I laughed or whatever. Because it's funny to take somebody that's John Lennon, this person that's sung words and spoken words to us that have meant so much right. or touched us in a certain way or, or made us feel the emotions about our own selves or our own lives or our own existence and then have him just read a poster about some weird... Right, right, right. You know, yeah. It is yeah. not not my favorite batch of John Lemon lyrics. Like, <laughs> that, I, I want to make that clear. Like, <laughs> but I some... much prefer the the in-the-moment emotional bear. Like, I would much prefer to... The lyrics of "I'm only sleeping," like, but I, but I also like that he's like playing his character for once. Like John, like Paul yeah. does a lot of the character stuff. This guy is right, right. He's right, introducing right. this night. He's promoting. He's your promo yeah. guy. Like, he's the guy that's being like, and this is what's gonna happen, and you're gonna have a blast, and you're yeah. gonna, and you know, and this is what's gonna, you know, what's gonna unfold in front of you, and you're gonna see this great feat or this great. I know, like, it's something different from him. It's a different look. It's also usually my problem with Paul <laughs> is when I don't find an emotional connection to it, right? Like, that's why I liked Lady Madonna when we were talking about last episode, because I felt like he was authentic in that moment. And, yeah, it's... I, I want to know my singers are authentic. It's hard not to find, like, a John moment in the song, and I I, uh, I can't defend that that piece of it, but... There's part of me that also doesn't give a fuck that he read a poster and and made it interesting to us that like I really don't right. care you know like we are at the luxury of being in 2022 and and that there's all of this like graphical evidence of of this poster and and all of that but like when he wrote this tune like I don't think he thought we ever would have got to see this poster that yeah. he maybe has the only copy of that's right, in his right, house right, necessarily right. right yeah and so he wrote this song and then we've all interpreted it. But here's the thing. He perfectly painted it in everyone's mind's eye. Like, right? There was no surprise about that poster. Yeah. You're right. And That's a great point. There's some sort of sonic landscape and the combination of his lyrics and his delivery that made this the perfect moment of, like, this poster existed in all of our heads before we even saw it. And it's almost yeah. like, is even the picture of it real or is it like our collective consciousness like projecting it onto to, yeah, to, yeah. to this plane? You know, like we all believe this thing so hard that we've like believed it into reality, you know? It's a thing he saw as a kid or something is the way I thought before I knew any of that. Yes, like it was exactly. something that right. he experienced. It feels like this memory yeah. of his that he's passing totally. on to us. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, all of the co- the combination of everything that's come into to, to make that happen... I don't necessarily, you know, I, I know, like you said, he, he slags it a little bit, even a little bit later in the late sixties, I think to be like, Oh, this is nonsense. I, I didn't write anything, right. but this is of that same time period where I think the, the Yoko influence for, for, for better. I, I do believe this is a better sentiment. And it is mostly how I think about art. Like most of this having to be self-referential and, 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 and this doesn't have that. And so it's garbage, right? Like if I can't find myself in it, it's garbage, but, I think in the delivery and all of that, like there is something really John here. Like there's moments here that almost feel like a little cynical of the times, like a post-war type thing where it's like, we want to be pleasant and, and, and feeling this vibe, but like, it's not, it's not quite right. You know, the way that they're, they're playing. That's, this. that's really interesting yeah. because if you come back to our last episode, where we we're talking about like this nursery rhyme vibe, 
of things like there's also like a a danger that is on the outskirts of things right like uh, a a falsehood like we're pretending that there's this lovely nursery rhyme thing but right on the outside of whatever circle we're talking about is the real world this nasty thing poking in yeah yeah i think and that's this whole thing right like the notion of of the I don't know the alternative word for what I don't want to say the magical mystery word, but the notion of <laughs> I this forget thing it, so good. Bring, <laughs> bringing the small world to, you know, like uh, this traveling sideshow, like to, to make yeah. people feel this thing was all just escapism. And it was escapism for rich people and it was escapism for, right. for, for poor right, people. Right. But like, there is something that was just like, this is kind of garbage entertainment. Like I don't, you know, and I, I feel like, there's almost a version of John that doesn't exist yet where I can almost see him presenting this, but kind of like slinking across the stage, like being the the carnival barker type character and like really delivering this tune that clearly they never play it live. So we never we never get that sense of it. But like uh, Paul, I does see, so. <laughs> I, Paul plays yeah. this song. Oh, yeah. Yes. Really? You don't know this? I don't know anything about this. I have it queued Wait, up. Wait, hold on. Paul like is uh, I don't as know early this. as like. Recent is 2015, I think. Is I have the, one uh, here, yeah. I mean. Okay, this one's from Sergeant Beckham. Uh, that's, that's actually blowing my mind a little bit that Paul's playing this tune. I competently, yeah. like I have no, no immediate issue with that, that version, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually a, a bit surprised, you know? Well, I think we all thought it was a John tune, hmm. right? Through and through. Whatever. And yeah, there, yeah. Through and through. And there is something where Paul says he was there at John's house, right? Did you guys see this? Like yeah. when they were like, they kind of collaborated. So now it took the two of them to read game. this poster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My guess is that, but yeah. I don't know. Like, is this Paul revisionist history or is this accurate? What do you guys think? I, I think it's perfectly plausible that he came over and John was like, look at my cool poster. Let's dick around on this song. And yeah. Paul came up with a bunch of chords and John sang a bunch of stuff and they all made it work together and it was yeah. collaborative. Uh, but what the hell do I know? What do you know? What do all of us know? Like, uh, I mean, the, the chord well, progression... The only thing I, the, I, I think the only thing I have on the contrary is that uh, Pete Shotton says he was there when John wrote the song Never Mentions Paul. That's yeah. John's best friend. And, and that doesn't mean Paul wasn't there... Should we get, but can he we never get, says like I think there's Can we get him on the show? Can we get him on the line? What's Ken Womack right now? Hold on. Yeah, text the woke. <laughs> there's a couple of pieces here that maybe I, I hadn't thought about it for this angle, but maybe they help put together the story you guys are thinking about a little bit. But one quote is George Martin basically saying that he had a much easier time working with Paul because Paul sort of spoke much more musically and John was yeah, less, yeah. less articulate and he would deal in moods and sort of say, 
I wanted this fairgroundy vibe, and it was just sort of up to George to, you know, I want this to feel orange or all of this. And George, I want to smell sawdust. Supposed to like interpret this. We're like dealing with McCartney. Um, McCartney was much more articulate and specific about what he wanted instrumentation wise. And so maybe you can imagine that McCartney is sort of the middle ground here between John and and George a little bit more. But yeah, yeah. Then there was this other piece, and, and I haven't heard this, and we've been talking a ton of Get Back, and I actually I don't think this is in the movie, but um, there's a piece of the lunchroom tapes where they end up talking about Mr. Kite. Is that that's not familiar to you guys, right? Like I don't not at oh, all. really. No. So I'm gonna try and play the clip. It's it's pretty bad because it hasn't been Peter Jackson yet, and listen to it. It's it's about thirty seconds. We'll play it here, and then I can read it back if it's if it's not clear. And that's all I hear from myself. much i heard arrangement so, yeah read that. george martin <laughs> yeah. a couple times maybe yeah it it's it's pretty tough because like i said it hasn't been peter jackson so i'm, I'm gonna read it then and and <clears throat> i because i actually think it's it's really interesting that he references mr kite in this and that's what so um this is part of the lunchroom tapes basically where Lindsay michael hogg i believe was was um planting him recording in the- john yeah. and paul in the flower pot uh over over their lunch break um without them knowing it and it is in the film it's presented as maybe these are the most honest conversations that they've had together. And there's some revealing stuff. So um, this is John. He says, <clears throat> and that's all I did in the last album was say, okay, Paul, you're out to decide where my songs are concerned. Arrangement wise. I don't know the songs, you know, I'd sooner just think, sing them than have them turn into Mr. Kite or anything else where I've accepted the problem from you that if it needs arrangement, and then because I'm an ape, I don't know. I don't see any further than me, the guitar, and the drums, and George Martin doing the, there's some sort of, it's an unheard bit. I don't hear any of the flutes playing, you know? I suppose I could hear him if I sat down and worked very hard. I could work out a mathematical drawing if you'd like. I could turn, me, turn uh, I, but I could never do it off my own backside. I always just have to, and it sort of fades out there. Which is a really interesting wow. thing where sort of John is speaking to sort of being we're the group and I, I basically Side-lined. hear music as the group and and I don't hear all of these other parts that you've been adding to the Beatles. And very specifically he's referencing uh Sergeant Peppers, I think, here, but that he that he brings up Mr. Kite, I think, is intriguing because this song yeah. exists very much from this all of this add-on stuff. You know, it's very hard for me to think about this tune. Is being like a well, pure we hear John all those and, other and versions. We've heard so we've heard so many other versions of this song through anthology and through the most recent uh, Charles Martin, you know, helmed uh, super deluxe Sergeant Pepper's, where 
the song is not what it becomes at the end, yeah. right? Like it is very bare bones, an organ, a drum set, a bass, a little bit of guitar in the back, and a vocal line. Like not the same tune we know. And this is where like maybe the Paul Honor ownership starts to feel a little different when he thinks about things in hindsight and, and decades have passed of like, well, some of the sounds we put together in this room is is maybe Paul brokering that a little bit where John doesn't have the language for it. But did John think that this song should exist as sort of this bearer version? Like, I, I don't know. I, he I actually almost it. wish that that part was in Get Back a little bit. Like, I, I felt that part was really... Like where John's like, maybe I'm just an ape. Like I'm a monster and I can only think of us as the band that we started off as and not as sort of the leverage of George Martin and all of his power and all of that stuff, you know? No, what John Lennon's song is not bare bones, right? Like as yeah, a right. John Lennon tune, they, yeah. they're, they're bands in a room. Or, yeah. a, or a solo that individual with a guitar or whatever. And right, 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 right. Yeah. But he's also, and this is the dichotomy of John, he's also the guy that tells George Martin, I want to smell the sawdust <laughs> on the floor of this circus that I'm trying to build. Like, build, build that. Oh, yeah, just enough amount of time, just enough amount of tequila. Make your mark. Woo! We're using the word sideshow. <laughs> Carnival? That one works. What is the <sighs> difference between a circus? I mean, a circus I always thought was animals. We're in the safe house, safe house. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, circus I'll... is under like a single tent and probably has an elephant. Oh. But what about a hog's head? Whoa. On fire. A hog's a head. Of, bum. of real fire? Of real fire, yeah. <laughs> Which one is that in? There is something so vicious in this recording about the way John Lennon pronounces his S's. Like, they are all so, like, super... St- like, I don't know what it yeah. is. Like, it's his delivery or something like that, or the filter on his microphone that day, but the S's are so uh Well, you sinister. hear the other recordings, too, and they are, n- like... They- whether it's between the anthology or that deluxe recording where we hear, like, take two, take four, take seven, all these things... And he's almost, it's always John, but he's almost taking on a different attitude. Like, there's some, like, very nasty John ones that don't quite work. Is he trying to find it? And there's one yeah. There's one where Paul says at the very end, I think it's take one slash two, and uh, Paul says at the very end, y- you need to pretend like you know the circus or something. Like, you... <laughs> Are we? You need to pretend like you know this. These characters. Wait a minute. Are we thing. in the? Are we in the same? I don't know. If we, I don't know if we are. I think we. I think we dropped oh, out of the tonic. <laughs> I was trying to be kind, and then Becca kind of. But like, now that we know that the listeners are, you know, like, you can pretend to know a lot of things, and I. You said, zone, pre- zone, you said safe zone. You said safe zone. I'm gonna and pretend. Then, and then I think we. I'm gonna mosied, pretend a lot of things right now. We moseyed on down past that safe zone, and I was trying to be. Uh, I'm sorry, that's on me. No, I, I waited. What's a that while. band song about the carnival? Life is a carnival. Life is, Life a, is carnival. a carnival. I will. I mean, I'm gonna be real honest. Like, uh, get back has changed my mind on so many things, and one of those things 
is is John. And one of those things is is George Martin. And yeah. um seeing him he in the makes flesh this tune and the, happen. the things that I have sort of said and felt and, and 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 I think it came a lot from reading things. Most of my exploration of the Beatles history is is reading and seeing some recent George Martin stuff in person and, and sort of like wanting to 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 square that circle i'm like oh you know maybe maybe i don't feel this way like maybe some of the things i want to sort of be well, a shit stirrer about to, you know let's listen to a little bit of nice a one. version without george Martin. The benefit of Mr. Kite, there will be a show tonight. The thinness. I still love but the th- John's voice. I mean, John's voice at the Ross tier, like, it is awesome. Like, it is truly awesome. And, and it excites me. But there's me a in that thinness version. to the whole thing that doesn't have, like, this calliope feel, like, this, this yeah, whole yeah. thing that but George that thin- Martin That thinness to it, is right? not inside of John. Like, the th- John is still propelling this song forward and i believe it and he's not he's not double tracked on that version so it doesn't feel as yeah, powerful and george, I think. do you think but yes, if the three of george us Martin were is, in a room together and heard if that the three we of us were ultimately in a room together a, and heard that ultimately write we'd a be circus like, song i believe great we great tune dude great dude <laughs> it's the magical no more apologies from me at least for another <laughs> <laughs> one or two episodes. I don't know what to say. There's always a point that we decree that like this is becoming a, a wet episode. Yeah. This is a wet one. Yeah, I beat myself a couple times already. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, boys. My notes have Lennon on the Hammond organ and that George Martin is playing the harmonium and a Lowry organ. And I, don't really know, I don't truly know. I don't know the, the difference, piano. and yeah. we're really sort of like uh, splitting hairs into ultimately for this sound. But I do have that John Lennon is is making music on this song. Oh, he is definitely. Right. There's multiple organ overdubs on this. There's I think at least three organs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're and saying then, like in this sort of demo early take stuff, who's who's playing what? Who knows? You know. I mean, while we're talking instrumentation and and sort of who's doing what, like. Why is George Harrison not doing more on this tune? Isn't that an odd thing? It seems like there's a lot of room for everyone to be doing stuff, but I think George is just yeah. playing uh, bass harmonica, harmonica, and that's it. Along with Mal and like whoever else, right? I love that Mal Evans is playing bass harmonica. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Ringo is maybe also playing some harmonica parts on this. So, um, but yeah. why I mean, isn't there room for George Harrison to be doing stuff? Did he just feel like there wasn't? Well, here's what's weird is that Paul McCartney plays that solo. Um, Scotty, would you like to cue this up or would you like me to cue this what up? What is it? Like right around a minute 15 yeah. on the track. So, yeah, you're right. George Harrison doesn't play much, but Paul overdubs this thing that I think. Sorry. It's very important. Oh, it's very important. Apparently, Paul definitely does this, but let's let's check it out. 
there's like three organs that on that, little by the bit. way. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Like, there's so many organs on this song. <laughs> but that little guitar bit, the bum, 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 Oh, bum, that's incredible. Bum, bum, yeah. bum, 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 bum. Out of nowhere, that thing comes, yeah. right? Like, and and that's probably in the moment it feels good and you're in the studio and there's probably a lot of pressure of being in the studio and feeling like these things are introduced and engineers are like pushing out a, a, another organ and miking it up and like yeah. John well, is probably being a little bit yeah, yeah I'm sorry yeah, yeah. sorry separating the thoughts but I'm I'm saying in the the whirlwind of the moment but yeah yeah so in the moment people are adding things to your your music and as John, you're probably like, oh, okay, this all sounds good or this feels good. And it's probably not till later that you step back and you're like, oh, wait a minute, this this wasn't my vision. It became a thing that maybe you overtook. Right. And we're also talking about Sgt. Peppers, which I think we've we've decreed before. Like this was a Paul project. Like Paul was excited about this being the album that it became. I think John felt some pressure to get music out there that he didn't necessarily have. And he came with this tune and it became Paul adopting it to, to sort of what Sergeant Peppers was, you know. <laughs> I just think without all the George Martin Who's it's and additions yeah. with all that stuff, like the double tracked vocals, yeah. the extra organ on there, all that shit, like so, the performance is great, but so now you know, George adds what we want to this tune. And then, of course, we have barely talked about all that. They chopped up the the organ sounds, the tape stuff. They chopped up the organ, oh God, steam organ, calliope, all of that, and threw it up in the air, and they pieced it back together to get some of that cool soundscape stuff. But what you're leading me into, and I'm starting to make some closing arguments, like, Ooh. is this the only true psychedelic song on Sgt. Pepper's? Yeah. Opposed, uh, like what's the Lucy? What? Why are you taking that away? Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Yeah, yeah sure. Scotty C. Well, why are you taking Scotty that one C away? For the win. Why are I'm you not, taking I'm that? I'm not. I'm. I'm. I didn't take it. What's away. your argument? I'm, you said this. You, this is the only you, one. I mean, it's interesting in your mind that you immediately took it away. You know, if I really want to think about it, and you want to, oh, lie that's down fine. My, lie down on my sofa and talk about it. But is it a Paul? Is it Paul McCartney musicianship with John Lennon? pulling off a poster or is this a John Lennon song that they had to like, I mean, I, um, I, I, I don't know. I think it's fair to throw it out, but I also like at this point, I don't think it's fair to really draw the lines yet about it because I don't think it's yeah. so divisive. It's, we're not quite at that point where things see, feel so, well, I'm just wondering about like Paul and I revisionist think it, history. Yeah. I feel you know like what I mean? Like in Paul 2015, Re- I mean, but this this Listen, could, this could why go, is Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I I would think Paul parachuting in to claim, <laughs> yeah, lyrically <good> anything <laughs> seems crazy to me here. Like, what does he want to oh. claim if it's not for the fact that in the studio he helped develop this? Song? I showed John the posters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it is it was right there in front of him. <laughs> I said, look, but yeah. then backtracking all that. Isn't developing a song in the fucking studio the whole point of being part of a band? Like, isn't that right. what we just like about the? You know, I especially mean, especially the Beatles. We have yeah. to, we have to develop that someone started a song and they owned it, and then someone plussed it up a little bit, and that's what's brilliant about John and Paul. But like, what is Paul claiming here? And it's it's very unclear. 
what uh, what is very interesting to me is that he's playing it. That that I'm 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 still yeah, surprised yeah, yeah. about. I I actually wish I had found that ahead of this because I'm I'm not prepared to to sort of really think about it too too much. But um, so he came in the studio and he helped interpret John's thoughts and all of these things. And maybe they ultimately went in the wrong direction when John had some more hindsight on it. But isn't that just being a bro in a band. I mean, like, I, I don't know. Oh, I mean, <laughs> right. Well, I, I think they want, like in terms of, uh, musicality, the one piece we have not mined as hard as the others is that, that, that waltzy part. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, and I, I think there's so much there that, that starts to come out and it's right around the one minute mark. Scotty, you tell me. Is it better if I play it or you play I'm it? I'm ready to go whenever you are, bro. One minute? Yeah. You one. Give me one minute on being for the benefit of Mr. Starting Kirk. at one minute so. now, sir. Yep. It's like... Uh, not to say as a musician, not not to say at all as a musician, but like as someone that just loves music, this is the most interesting part of the song to me. That it shifts from this like four four beat to a waltz as he's saying, "Henry the horse dances the waltz." Yeah. Oh, that's so cool! And it, it like it sh- It's so, so cool. So who made that? And then you've yeah. got, and then you've got this. The, um, the scruffs have said that they love you talking uh, time signatures. Drums. Yeah. <laughs> they love drums. They love drum talk. I know that. And But, Scotty, you and I were talking about this earlier. I thought that was the part. I've heard that George Martin overdubbed an organ at double speed so that, or at half speed or whatever it is so that it fit into the... Yeah the uh, mil- milieu of the song i thought that was the boom 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 yeah i thought that was george martin but you had said that you think that is paul doing that i i mean it could be multiple instruments doing it there's a there's a, there's a yeah. certain layer in depth to this song that it's hard to interpret exactly what's happening but after hearing rb do it on guitar i'm pretty sure yeah. it's exactly what they did and I think that right. when George Martin redid that, you know that outro, yeah, that is him half speeding something, and then you know that like wicked run at the end it sounds like a xylophone or some weird shit. Yeah, yeah, that's the part that George Martin's I, talking about. I think it's hard to ignore that George Martin's influence on the song, and yeah. we well, know. there's, I mean, there's a credited glockenspiel on this song that people question yeah oh that's i guess that's that sound that's thing? that piece yeah, right? yeah, yeah i think so right like i think and you can't play that in real speed good luck well i think we just heard too the like basic track of the the dudes in the room versus what the end product becomes yeah, yeah, yeah sure and there's so much addition to it and there's so much machin- machination yeah right, oh I love <laughs> um mccartney nation but no so much like fidgeting a little bit to to make it sound what john what john asked for at the beginning was 
I want to smell the sawdust on the circus. Oh, motherfucker. On the circus floor. On the circus floor. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> My bad. Circuses don't have elements anymore, which is probably good for elements, but. Cheers, person. Oh my gosh. I shouldn't have done tequila tonight with this many. <laughs> oh, Blanco got me good. And I don't know which one you got, Becker, but it looks like a green bottle. I don't know if that's green in actual color so, or if it's just a bottle. Reposado. So, Reposado. So, I think, I think we're Blancos like. Yeah, have never been aged. And then Reposados hung around for like a year. Oh. But they're not like elders or anything. No, no, no. I'm not, right, I'm not that. All right. all right, cool. This is a the the thing about this song we haven't talked about is the the idea that it is like a a muse tune or something like that. There's nothing authentic maybe about it, but oh, certainly nothing authentic about it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's you you you're you're picking songs off a poster and uh, or picking lyrics off a poster to make a song and. There's nothing like real about it, and I think that's the hardest thing John had to deal with throughout his life. And then, but in 1980, he says this was a watercolor, yeah, yeah. like it's it like was me and... painting something out of nothing. Like, and but you know what? That has meaning as well. I think that's very cool. But you know what? There's what is, you know, you say watercolor, you say off a poster. What's the difference in 1980-something that you see some tag art right. that, yeah, you, that inspires you to write something? Like, what's the yeah. difference? Maybe you don't have exactly. every word on it. Exactly. But, like, that's I believe exactly that. what... Holy. Yeah. When you're writing new music uh, and, and they were allowed to sort of, like, figure out what does it mean to write an original composition and where does it come from? Like, you know, we're, it's not like they pulled a fucking... Led Zeppelin poster down off their college walls and sang it like they found some antique poster from like the 1840s or something and then reinterpreted it and made this song out of it like I don't I don't think that there's any you know yeah, I think for John the, the really sad part is um 10 years of denying that the Beatles were important of, <laughs> at all yeah, yeah sure and then you and, have to have and this like song. coming coming to a point in 1980 yeah. of like being an adult and being like, actually, this thing started to become important. Like, this yeah. was a thing for me. Yeah. And as he was just coming into that, being struck down in, in his oh life. Oh, my God. Right? Like, terrible, reject Tommy. this shit from our youth, right? Like, if if you had to throw up the poetry you wrote in your mid-20s and all of this stuff. Oh, my God. Like, it, you would, you, it's just you sad that he was starting yourself, to. You know, I, oh, yeah. The, the saddest part the for me is that he was a. He's starting to reconcile being sure. like yeah, yeah. what a beetle was and being that is, the adult that he is was. The toughest part like, about, that's hard. About this whole show uh, is like realizing yeah, that yeah. we would have had, you know, another well shit at this point, another forty years of John talking if about. If a these comfortable songs, John yeah, yeah, if yeah. a comfortable John came out in the nineteen eighties, like we might have hated it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a blessing but, and a, a blessing and a curse. Of but for him, thing. like as a human being, like a comfortable yeah, job would have been an growth. awesome thing. Yeah, I mean like, Lou Reed came yes. up with I don't New care York. that I'm writing yeah. like shitty adult material. I'm just I, I'm a shitty adult. Yeah. <laughs> like 
I'm comfortable with that aspect of where I am. Everyone I comes around. To, yeah. yeah. And we're all human and we're all just want the same thing. And, and whoever all, has you know. magic at some point in their life, it's always with them, I believe. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe you don't always find it again to a point where yeah. the people that heard it before can hear it again. But you always find it again because it's within you. Yeah. You had it. And yeah. I And there's been only so love... many people that are magic. Like there's you know, like John Lennon is certainly one I... of them. And maybe yep. David Bowie yep. and maybe a couple other people, but this is why I love the end of Blood Abuse. <laughs> because uh, because you get like to like eat a piece the, of pizza and go to bed. The, <laughs> no, <laughs> because we get to the core. We get to the core Emotion. of like yeah. Yeah. some truth. Yeah. I feel like, know, yeah. like I feel like it's hard to get to the core of uh, all I got to do. Pizza. No. You know, like, <laughs> like it's easier to get to the core of some of this stuff and feel passionate about it. Hey guys, I know we are uh, we're we're getting close to the end here. And one thing that I keep coming back to is this idea that John has these very personal songs, right? And then he has these these other songs that are like artistic and maybe not personal and then he kind of maligns or doesn't know what to do with later and um I was reading uh, Revolution in the Head, the the book we've all been kind of familiar with by Ian McDonald. And I think he makes a great point here. He says that unable to appreciate the pleasure of his imagination brought to others, he had fashioned things uh, like this with fluent ease, only to reject them for having until none of the pain by which he measured his creative authenticity. Uh, a spontaneous expression <laughs> of its other. Uh, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what I'm coming to here is like this idea that John even struggled with like a song like Jealous Guy is what I come to. Like this, like this is who I am right now. A very honest, open, emotional person versus being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, which is I'm reading off a poster. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I understand like the genesis of a songwriter to want to say that, but I believe every moment is really a building block up to that level of consciousness. So exactly. You can't dismiss this step. You can be like, okay, that wasn't me or I didn't feel this or that, but like, there is some part of being for the benefit of Mr. Kite that exists inside of yeah, Jealous Guy. It exists inside point. of Imagine or something. Like yeah. it the most embarrassing part of me exists in in wow. the embarrassing parts of this show. Like I don't know what to, to say. You know, like <laughs> Oh, there are plenty of them for me. Don't worry. <laughs> or a turnaround. And so, some like, took place you can, forty <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> you can want to dismiss them or like step away from them later, but like it doesn't matter. The true essence of it is that yeah. you did this thing and it you was made the piece. a stepping stone. Like it was, you know, maybe it's not a huge, you know, maybe it's not a, an entire level up, but it's a stepping stone across the river or, or, or well, what have you. you and know? I, I walked this. into this, this is very uh, being RPG. like, uh, yeah. yeah, I walked into this tomb being like, I don't know what I have to say about it. Like, because it is just a piece. Yeah. Like there there's yeah. 
what do you say about something that is just an artistic piece for this for the sake of being a piece like yeah. i i don't know and my ranking will be interesting it's interesting but, um, it is it, it, it and there's something to be said and there's something to be um honored and appreciated for that bringing something that brings us to that point art for the sake of art brings yeah. us to that point of wondering like what this what that why this why that is this is that you know yeah. all these questions we're wondering is this a stepping stone is this just a point that 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 purges and purifies something for later stuff or whatever yep. it is it still matters so much, and it. Fits. I think the thing it certainly we, fits in the album. Yeah. Like I, I don't think any of us can disagree. Right, with that. Yeah. absolutely. I think the thing we love about John Lennon as a songwriter is like him working out his own personal insecurities. Yeah, and, because and we all have that. Yeah. Finding his way in the world and all of that, and that's not here. No. That yeah. is not in this song at all. Like he's this is character a role playing. Thing. Yeah, he's he's yeah, the guy that's this announcing is... this amazing show. Th- yeah. show that's that's coming to town, and yeah. that is so different. And I but looked also for it. Cool. I looked in the yeah. lyrics, and I was like, maybe there's a secret message here about John Lennon, like about life, about <laughs> being yeah. a man, about yeah. like being a father or a husband, <laughs> but. Uh, whatever it's not there no but <laughs> yeah. say but it's say fun. you know you talk about say paul writing these fictional character songs right. and but paul singing about a love story or he's singing about something that's really close and personal and really emotional and he does it well to the point where you almost right. believe it and you're not sure if it's if it's genuine or if it's not or if it's sincere or if it's not but instead of doing that with John on the song, he doesn't do the personal stuff. He does a silly thing. He does a an intro right. an intro guy. He's a hype man for a fucking circus. Free ranking. I'm mean tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm about to get mean. Here's what I'm going to say, and here is why I think this song belongs in a, the top 10 of our list right now, is that... Oh, my God. Go. There is no other song on Sgt. Pepper's that embodies the entire aesthetic that we think of Sgt. Pepper's in this day, in in in, in, in our day of the Lord, and in... in what, what year are we in January eighth, twenty twenty two? More than this song, the uniforms, the colors, all of this, the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely it Hearts fits. Club Land yeah. is playing this song. There's nothing else on Sergeant Pepper's that you think like, okay, I believe the concept the way that I feel about being for the benefit. You are right now saying if you're putting this in the top ten. This is a better song than Paperback Writer. I am putting this song right between. Um, this guy got an extra week, by the way, Tommy. <laughs> because and she's leaving home. I am putting this in the. I guess it would be the new number. Just below, she's leaving home. 
I put it between above. because and she's leaving home. Above, she's leaving home. And and b- below because. Here's where I'm struggling. Struggling. This is not a better song than for no one. I believe it is. <laughs> and this is where All it's right, I need to look at the list. Let me, let, me, let me call this shit up because happiness is one because it's seven. <laughs> so you're talking about seven. I mean, the new eight. I'm saying it's the new eight. I'm saying this is better than she's leaving home. And let's talk. Let's talk Sergeant Pepper's tunes. Like, let's let's narrow this list down to talk Sergeant Pepper's tunes. Do you guys think this is better than she's leaving home or not? I don't. I'm not sure I agree with that. Really? Um, okay. I appreciate a lot of your sentiments. I don't. Yeah. I don't need to be appreciated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, now you're just mad. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's... I'm not. I'm not mad at you guys. I don't need I'm to just... be. I don't even need to be appreciated. I'm just, I don't even need to be I'm just, appreciated. Dis- I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one wants to hear that. No, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm not mad. Either. I'm not. I'm not mad at all, guys. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. <laughs> You guys put it wherever you want. What's happening to this list, though? It's just appearing. I don't know. Someone just deleted the list right now. G-H-I-J-K. Who just deleted the list? All right. right, So I'm not sure it's better than fixing a hole. I went. I went. Oh, my God. I went opening bid. You know, it's it's hard to go opening bid, but let's see what you got. I'm not sure it's better than fixing a hole, personally. Um, Right now, fixing a hole is number 12 on the list. Oof. I mean, what's for no one? What does that song sound like? In her eyes, you see nothing. Inside the room, behind the tears, cry for no one. No one. So I would say it's probably worse than No Man Man, maybe better than Fool on the Hill. Worse than No Man, better. Whoa, I think it's better than No Man. Okay. I think. It's better than I got a feeling. I think it's between I've got a feeling and for no one. The good news here is it breaks up the Paul wall. <laughs> Does it? It just makes a Paul quad again. The bad news is it breaks up oh, the Quint. <laughs> <laughs> it breaks up the bad <laughs> <again>. <laughs> All right. Scotty, where do you want? I was play? ready for some contention about this. I think this is a top ten Beatles track where we stand right now. But what about uh, top fourteen or thirteen? I can live with that. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm all about compromise. You know. All right, cool. Do you think it's better than you've got to hide your love away? Hey. Um. <laughs> Where's that? Yeah, what I do. I uh, for the way that I feel about it, I do. You know, like. Wow. All right. Right now, I would say that, but um, again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you guys hard. I think this is, this is not one that I'm like gonna go to the mat on. But I, I appreciate you. You think it's better than Day Tripper? I appreciate, I appreciate the stance I d- I, on the vibe of Sergeant Pepper um, hinging on like, this tune, but I also think that you have to individualize. We have to we have to in, individualize yeah. these tunes, yeah, in order to properly rank them, which we've done perfectly, of course. And, but the, <laughs> but that's why I think the funny thing about talking about Sergeant Pepper's is like not being a sum of its parts is like it starts to expose a, a lot of things. 
I mean, you're you're Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Call, right, yeah, call yeah. out is 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 the most apt. But as we dive into it, I think we're going to be like, oh, Sergeant Pepper's is the sum of its parts. Yeah, and this is a big 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 part of right. it. Right? Yeah, Sergeant yeah, Pepper's right. tracks yeah. are not the best Beatles tracks. Maybe, <laughs> right. but uh, outside of maybe Day in the Life, and, it's so hard know, though because like she's leaving home is amazing. I don't want to yeah. put it above it. And I'm not sure. Well, I that's the put thing. I think this is because I really love fixing hole. <laughs> but that's, that's personal I'm, a little bit. I mean, that's definitely. But that's personal. that's what yeah. this list is. That I mean, this, that's this list is the moment. So I I I abide by all 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 consensus on this list. I mean, I'm so I I'm would not put gonna... it. I would put it below <clears throat> fixing a hole, and Tommy can take it from there. Good night. Love you. I think it's better than I got a feeling. I think it's better than I got a feeling. And so nowhere for no one. In her eyes. You need to know this one again? (laughs) Was this Sam's pick? It doesn't matter. Yeah. But it was. Was it Sam's pick? (laughs) It's worse than that. (laughs) So we're we're gonna call it. This is the new number fourteen. Yeah. And so, uh, just running down real quick, our 10 to 15 is now Paperback Writer, Day Tripper, Fixing a Hole, For No One, Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite, and I've Got a Feeling off of the Let It Be album. Oh my goodness, that was another episode of Blotto Beatles. Thank you so, 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 so much. Long, long, long. For joining us. Um, did we hit the magical mystery word, Scotty? We did. Mm-hmm. We sh- we certainly did. That mystery word this evening was circus. Um, I'm Tommy. That was Becker. We are your co-hosts. We are joined, as always, by the George Martin of New, New-, New- England. England. England, Scotty C. Um, he <laughs> assembles this podcast. Magically and professionally. Um, <laughs> we also have additional musical supervision from your friend and ours, RB. That B stands for Beatles. You can find him on all the socials at ryanobrooks.com. We've <laughs> also had a, don't a bunch forget. of great support on uh, Lady Madonna, uh, a, pre- yeah. a friend of the show and a previous guest, Tim Clark. And um, yeah, be participating in a couple of more karaoke. I hope so. Tracks, so. Yeah, yeah. You can find to him. you can find our, fr- our our good friend Tim at No Disassemble on on the socials. Um, he's going to become, I think, a, a a regular part of the uh, the pod experience, which is wonderful. I do want to remind you, please, please, please uh, rate and rank us on your podcast app of choice. That That's a big thing. We've had a little bit of a spike recently. That's been lovely. And we've had some more listeners. And I think that comes from you, my friends. So please, 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 if you haven't done it yet, go hit those reviews. And if it's a five-star review, hey, we like that. Uh, you can hit us on all the socials at Blotto Beatles. Please remember, this show is performed by absolute professionals. Uh, Becker, where are you driving tonight? I'm driving nowhere. I've uh, I, oh, Scott, I dropped my car off a week ago. I didn't even want to yeah. see that. Right. Mine's in the fucking shop right now. So, Scott, Scotty, you're not driving nah, nowhere tonight. In the shop. Yeah, that's because we enjoy Blotto Beatles responsibly, as should you. 
Uh, don't forget, as I said, subscribe and rate us on your podcast app of choice. Without further ado, my friends, the only thing I have to say, I think you have to say. Anyone else have anything to say? Peace. Peace and love. <laughs> there will be a show tonight on Trouty.